Good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Um, oh, where to start? Where to start? Where to start? It's just such a beautiful, beautiful week. I I came home yesterday from work and I really reflected on the journey God has taken me through to get to where I feel. And I wish that everyone who has suffered or is going through pain could feel this because I feel for so many. God loves us all. And it I never thought I would find out who I was. Like, and there's different levels of who we are. There's different realizations, different unveilings, you would say, of who we are in this world, who I am to God, who I am to other people, who I am to myself, who I am to my children. You know, and ultimately what it comes down to is I'm a servant. Like the greatest honor in this world, when I realized I had finally surrendered my all, and I've, I've surrendered bits and pieces over time over this journey with God, things here and there, because I couldn't surrender it all at once. I was so broken and toxic. I didn't know how to just let it all go. So God had to take me baby step by baby step. And he had to have me face these fears to let go of these things that held me back from becoming his servant. And being his servant has many faces, many beautiful, loving faces. I'm not made to do just one thing. I'm, I, I don't think I will ever be called to do just one thing in one area. You know, I serve within my church to be of value. I serve within my community. Um, I've spent a lot of time in jail and I, I serve God by doing things for the people in jail. Just today I sent three letters to young ladies I know in there that need to hear words of truth um, from God and be led to him. And I see myself in them and I care. And when you do things out of love, because you love people and because you love God and you love what you do. I know why Jesus served so loving for God. I get it. I feel it. The love I feel serving, being God's servant is so profound. It's changed me in how I see the world. My perception of the world is no longer broken and filtered through brokenness, pain, and suffering. It's filtered through God's beauty. I see the world as he created it, as what could be. I see what God created in, in people. I don't see the toxicity behavior. I recognize it. I recognize that people are broken, but I don't allow that to change my perception of how God created them. And I think this is a, oh, I'm glad those words came out of my mouth. Thank you, God. So oftentimes, many of us who have been broken or hurt by other people, we now have that broken filter of, that's like from a broken society. And so, it changes how we see the world. And this happens from a young child. We all end up getting our filter of life broken. The filter that God has given us gets broken somehow through life and it struggles. Now, some of us were born and raised in houses that taught God 
was there with you and some houses that wasn't it so some people had God with their stuff going through them with their sufferings and some did not now those who have a broken filter and see the world as a broken place that's because they see the negative in people because now that 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 filter is shattered and so they see the negative instead of seeing what truly is beneath the negative because so many people will look at and I'm going to take addiction because I was addicted to alcohol I was an addict I couldn't let the bottle go I couldn't stop drinking it was like this pull that I mean it was pulling me so hard like this I felt my body getting pulled to it that if I, I mean, it would bring me to tears trying to resist. It was so painful, this pull, that sometimes I sat there just crying like I thought I would never get over that tug, that pull to have to drink every day and be intoxicated. I remember crying about it so many times, like I was gonna be broken forever. So therefore, I saw myself as this broken, disgusting addict. I saw myself in the worst elements. So therefore, I saw the world as a broken place where there was nobody to talk to. I felt alone, I felt isolated, I felt, you know, toxic. I, I treated myself as my behavior. So I disrespected myself and I self-sabotaged continually, not trying to get out of that bondage. Now it took God. None of us can get out of things alone. Nobody will ever get out of their pain and suffering alone. We cannot do it alone. I don't care who you are and what you think you can do. You cannot get through life and out of your pain and suffering without God. You just can't. How are you going to know how you did the things you did and why you did the things you did and how you're going to get out of it and the steps to take to become what you were created to be if you don't know your creator? You have to know your creator to know what you were created for. So when you when you finally allow your creator, God, our loving father, to fix this filter like he has mine. I see the beauty in things. I see people, I don't see their addiction. And so many people come through my life that God brings through my life because I've went through addiction, because I know the inner pains. I understand what these people are going through and God will circle them through my life. And oftentimes, I've run into these people still using very much in their substance abuse, but it never changed my perception of what I saw God created them to be, because I don't see the world as a broken place anymore. I see it as God intended it to be. It's so beautiful and harmonious and flowing and just beautiful. And people are beautiful. We are beautiful, intricate roses. We just need to be shown love and compassion and understanding. People need to be uh, living life with integrity. So many of us want to come down and go, and they, they talk of people 
as if they were their behavior. I know such people. I know people who are leaders of groups that talk about people within the groups as if they were their behavior. And it's wrong. We don't, we have to be the uplifting ones and show these people that inner light inside of them that God has has in there that God created. So, you know, we spend so much time stuffing people down. Like, how could you be this? How could you do that? Instead of saying the truth and letting that light shine. It's so beautiful. I just, I have so much love after. So yesterday I'm reflecting, I'm, I'm sitting on my couch and I'm just reflecting of all the trials and tribulations and struggles that God has brought me through. And some of them I have shared in a generalization, but the actual emotions that I've been through in the last year and a half have almost killed me. I would have rather turn, I would have rather just laid down and died most of the time. And it was only because of God I'm here today. He never gave up on me and he loved me through it. Unlike anything that I've ever experienced in my life, nobody has ever loved me this way unconditionally. Like all the times that I would that I felt God would be angry at me. It was just me angry at myself. I had to get over beating myself up and self-sabotaging and, and just beating myself up in the head. I was really good at that about getting in my head and, and saying those things I heard as a child, those deep-seated negative, negative weeds that were embedded in me. I would always like go back and beat myself up over it. And God's sitting here going, no, I love you. You can't do that to yourself. And I just was reflecting on all those times. And I just, my heart opened up like a flower. And this is how it felt physically. Like when you, your heart of Christ opens up, it opens up like a flower, like a beautiful flower, just like this. And it just beats wide like this. I physically felt my heart go like this and beat like this with so much love for God. I would give my life for him. And that's how, oh, that's how, that's how I feel. I would give my life for God. If he asked me today to lay down my life for another person, I would do it. I would do it. I know why Jesus did what he did. It is such a beautiful thing to have, to understand this kind of love. I, I've only read about this kind of love. I've never actually seen it fully ever like this in my life. I've never seen anyone express it like this or explain it like this ever, ever, ever. Most of the people who preach the word of God, you know, it's, there's a little bit of a dark side. There's a little bit of fear. There's a little bit of like negativity, but this, but this thing inside that he has shown me that is completely loving. This is why we're not to get justice. We don't understand that God doesn't get revenge on people. He lets the toxicity in you defeat you. He lets the wicked defeat themselves. He doesn't have to do anything. The wicked defeats themselves. The wicked inside the wicked will kill each other. And all that's left is the flesh. Okay. All that's left is the flesh and the broken soul and the crushed heart. And then they call on God and God comes in with his love. God never, ever seeks revenge ever. He doesn't. 
God is all love. God is not going to come down and and do harm to you to teach you a lesson. That's not God. God is a loving God. He comes down with his arms wide when you are self-sabotaging and he goes, "Please stop this. I love you." Oh, such a beautiful thing. So I cried. I cried for a long time for the love I felt for him and I just felt that love just radiate out to him. And it just felt so beautiful to release all this love to him. I I've never been able when somebody has crushed their whole life and you've never been able like your love gets rejected and rejected and rejected. And so many times in my life the people I wanted to love rejected me. <sighs> to where I don't want to love people anymore not that closely I'll love you within the circumference of God's safety net I'll love you that way and that's where I've come to terms with where as far as my love will go but to actually step over the bounds of that safety net and take a leap of chance and try to really give full-heartedly my heart to somebody I don't know if i can ever do that again because people have people are crushing and i've been rejected but when i've been rejected so much and i was able to give all of that love to actually give it to god and he received it the feeling of having your love fully received by somebody who truly values you is it's so moving that i just I am forever loyal and devote, devoted to God. Like there is nothing that will ever ever hinder or come between him and I. And there have been people. I've had people just recently tell me maybe God's not enough. Maybe you need me to help you. No, I don't. God is enough. And that's that's Satan residing in this person. I'm trying to put a wedge between God and I to make me doubt my love for God and make me doubt the way God is taking me and that didn't work. You know, I've had Satan use every trick in the book to try to separate God and I and he will use people because broken people are vessels for God or Satan and they don't even realize it. Some of these people serve within the church and they don't realize that um Satan has been residing in them cuz Satan resides in any negative emotion. If you are worried, if you are fearful, if you have doubt, if you have resentment, sadness, all of that, Satan resides in those because those put little dents in your heart. And that's what Satan loves to do. He loves to reside in those little things cuz he can sneak up on those and those things can well up in your mind and they can overtake your heart and your soul and pretty soon you're just it's like a chaotic, depressed anxiety state. So many people who sit and go, "Well, I'm just worried about you." Well, Satan is residing in that worry, so you shouldn't because God has us. It's such a beautiful thing. I just wanted to share that with you guys that there are moments where when we start 
And this is where I realized I had to express the negative emotions out first. So many of us are filled with so much negative emotion that we don't let it out, but we also can't love, let love in. And now that I've had this flow, it's like this. It's like a, a nice little flow of emotions. There are some, I feel those emotions. There are good emotions and there are bad emotions and I express them all now. I can express them in healthy ways, in healthy communications to God, to others. But in that flow of expressing my emotions, I'm able to let love in and receive it, but I'm also able to let love out. And the love I let out yesterday was so deep from my heart and my soul that there's no way I could ever, ever truly describe how deep this love came from. It came from something so deep inside of me that uh, only God could bring out of us. And, uh, and I want the whole world to be touched up on like I have been. I really want this for everybody. I want people to know what it feels like to have their soul touched upon, to have their heart touched upon, because I see so many people think they understand love just like I did, and they don't. And to go your whole life without experiencing the way God touches up on your soul, the way he touches up on your heart, is so sad to know that some people will never experience that. And then it's so beautiful to know that, you know, I'm sitting here thinking of my children and I'm thinking about the past, my pastor who adopted that little girl, my children and that girl, like that little girl was saved. She won't have to go through the, the sufferings the way I did. My children, they've went through some stuff, but they have an opportunity now. And I just cried that they won't experience the depths of pain that I have because they will have God walking with them and they will know they have God walking with them. And that's the difference is not feeling alone. With God, you are never alone. And it's such a beautiful thing that I know I will never be alone in this world. I'm never alone. And that comfort has brought me so much peace and so much value. I don't need to have somebody in my life. And that peace has brought me deep gratitude towards God. I don't rely on needing people. I don't have to be somebody with somebody to feel valued. I am somebody all on my own. And those who love me will walk with me. And those who aren't meant for me will walk their own way. And that's the way they're supposed to go. It's such a beautiful thing to be able to express emotions just now. Like, I'm not ashamed to have these deep welling feelings inside. I'm not. It's so beautiful to feel it, to actually feel life inside of me. To feel alive is to feel these emotions. And to actually be able to feel them and not suffocate them is the greatest thing I've ever experienced so beautiful to know that this is possible and so in everything that I do you know coming to this point and continuing this ministry that God has given me regardless of where it goes I do it because I want you 
to feel what this is because you deserve to have your heart touched up on and it doesn't matter what you've done i don't care what you've done from the pedophile to the murderer to the saint down the street we all deserve god's love and it's because he created us all we were all created by god with his hands god is the first person to ever touch our heart and because god's love is unconditional and we've been touched up on it we are forever searching for that love that feeling when we're sitting here searching in men in women in relationships and substances it's in food in in places and in money when we're searching for that happiness what we're really searching for is god's hands that were so loving touched upon us like this and we're searching to feel him touch our heart again that's what we're searching for and i want you to know that that is out there for you because mm, it's so beautiful because it flows right into the daily bread you guys god is so beautiful when you allow him to work through you and he opens doors for you like right now everything is so unplanned but it flows so good together because right from what i'm talking about now is the story of the daily bread called engraved in his hands and the verse comes from isaiah chapter 49 verse 16 see i have engraved you in the palm of my hand this is so beautiful. What that means is God is telling you. God is saying, "You I engraved you with the palm in the palm of my hand. I held you. I was the first person to hold you and touch your heart with my love. The authentic, unconditional love of a father. What fathers are really supposed to love like my love nobody else can love like me nobody else can love like god nobody i i just i know this without a doubt nobody will ever love me like god and he was the first person to touch you so you were engraved in his hand because he touched you and he made you with his love so beautiful so the story goes in charles Spurgeon's many years at his London church during the 1800s he loved to preach on the riches of Isaiah 49:16 which says that God engraves us in the palm of his hands he said such a text as this has to be tr- preached hundreds of times amen though this thought is so precious that we can run over it in our minds again and again and again because there's so many layers of depths to this engraved in the palm of his hands wow and i mean it's come to a long time to realize it's because he actually spiritually touched us in the palm of his hands our souls he engraved us he molded us in his hands he's sitting here touching us how deep this is you're in the palm of your He touched you. He created you with his hands. He took the time to create you from his heart for a purpose. You're now a piece of him. You are a piece of God because he created you. So beautiful. Spurgeon makes 
the wonderful connection between this promise of the Lord to his people, the Israelites, and God's son Jesus on the cross as he died for us. Spurgeon asked, what are these wounds in your hands? The engraver's tools, the engraver's tool was the nail backed by a hammer. He must have fat, he must be fastened to the cross that his people might be truly engraved in the palm of his hands. <sighs> so beautiful. As God promised to engrave his people on the palm of his hands, so Jesus stretched out his arms on the cross, receiving the nails in his hands so we would be free for our sins. And if when we're tempted to think that God has forgotten us, we only need to look at our palms and remember his promise. God has put in marks on his hands for us. He loves us that much. When have you felt forgotten by God? How did he reassure you? God, how vast is your love for me? You keep me ever before you. I know you will never leave me. I am grateful. Amen. Some of my darkest moments, even though I knew God was there, I questioned his love for me. So many times I would sit in my bathroom and I'm looking down the hall at the very bathroom. I would close the door and start running water and I would just die. Like I would just crumble and sob. God. And I would hold my hands because I love him so much because I do so much with my hands for him. And I go, God, I love you. Why are you doing this? And it took so long for me to realize it was my choices and I wasn't letting go of the things that were hurting me. God wasn't hurting me. God was there trying to comfort me, but I was allowing that pain to suffocate me and I wasn't wanting to follow his way. I was leaning onto my own understanding. So my own understanding was causing me pain and suffering because I thought this was the way God wanted me to take, but it, it I mean, but it truly was the way out and I had to feel pain to come out of my choices. And that's, that's really what it is. We are all going to experience pain and suffering. And I will still in the future experience pain and suffering, but I know now how to lean on to God to get through it. And what a beautiful thing. You know, God is such a detailed person. And when it says here about Jesus having the nails put into the palm of his hands, I mean, what a significance God links all of that. And it really just embeds in your mind. Every time I take communion, it's little things like this that just bring me to tears because of what God did for me, for you, for my sins, the lengths he went through to create Jesus. Because now that I've walked the way of Jesus and now that I came to this point of being so loving and coming out of certain things and having to build my spiritual maturity and strength, I understand some of these trials Jesus went through. And for him to have done it sinless is is uh, just beautiful. But knowing what Jesus did to get to the point he got so loving and so beautiful for the world with God, and to know that he trusted every, every detail that God laid out to him, Jesus followed, it's just, it, it deepens knowing that if Jesus, if God 
called Jesus in a way and worked so hard in him because his life mattered. When you think about the impact that Jesus' life and death had in this world, for me to sit here and go through all these trials with God and think that my life is meaningless, I, I have to look and realize that, no, no, I matter. And it's in those moments that I start to believe I am worth it that I realize, like, I am strong. I can take it. If Jesus could die on the cross, why can't I do what I'm doing? And I always refer back to that. When I start thinking, poor me, or I be, I'm getting stuck in the bondage of the suffering and the pain and the emotions, I start thinking of Jesus and his sacrifice. He did it. And he did it persevering with love, with love for God. And that is why he is the king of kings. That's why he is who he is in heaven. And that's why he is the son of God, because of what he was able to do that nobody else can do. And it's so beautiful. Engraved in his hands, you guys, here we are. We are engraved in the palm of God's hands. And I'm going to take, for example, God and I have created this logo, right? I have worked months. Okay, months. <laughs> I'm so proud of this because it took me months of listening to God and God putting the pieces together. First, God brought the rainbow picture, the image, and I was like, it's perfect, but it had some clouds. So we had to take out the cloud and put in the heart. And then I had to search for the right, you know, um, font for the lettering. And then I had to just search for a digital designer. And then I had to search for an embroidery place to, to make an embroidery image. Then I did the candy mold. But when I look at that design, I've, I've, my hands have drawn the plans for that. My hands have typed searching. My hands have have embroidered shirts with that logo. My hands have made candy bars with the mold. My hands have made so many phone calls to create this loving image for God to express my love for him out in the world and, and wear his love on me. That that is that's a part of me. My children are a piece of me because they were created and given out of love. You know, I speak often that there was, I didn't love my husband in my first marriage, but I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world because that means I wouldn't have my children. And my children are such a big part of me. They're like, they're a piece of me. I give a piece of myself out to my children because I, I spent so much time with them. I love my children. I, from the time they were babies, I never spent time away from them. You know, I was very present with them, spending time, going to the park, you know, breastfeeding them, all of those important loving mother things I did. Like, it, I, oh man, from the moment I held them in my hands, like I held my children like this as soon as they came out and I held them for like, I think I, for like 24 hours, I wouldn't put my kids down unless they had to go do testing. But I remember just sitting in the hospital, just staring at my children, 
because I hated being pregnant. Like I was a very miserable pregnant person, but when my children were born and I was just looking at them, I just couldn't believe that something so beautiful came out of me. I, I like how, how this life, this life that will, that will, you know, look up to me, like this life changed me because now I was connected with something greater than myself and my children are forever engraved in my heart, engraved in a way where I don't care what they do. I will forever be proud of them. I will forever be uplifting them to God in their purpose, in their desires, in their dreams. I will, I will feed the God part in them. I will feed the seed that God has planted in them and I will water it and I will cultivate it and I will make sure that they get led to God. And what a beautiful thing that I get that responsibility, that God trusts me to do those things. So when God created us, engraved in his hand, his hands touched your heart. He was the very first thing to touch you as he was creating your heart. And that love is something no human could ever give. Ever. No human will ever touch your heart like God does. It's something so deep and so raw and authentic deep down inside that the human flesh mind can't understand until you actually pursue it and you ask God to touch you with his love. So as I end this daily bread, I have a verse I want to speak of. And I love this verse. This is one of my favorites. And it's Isaiah chapter 43. And it starts at verse 1. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am your Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Since you are precious and honored in my sight and because I love you. You guys, when you ask God and you pursue him, he calls upon you and he summons you it's something that you don't turn away from but sometimes you have to take that step first you have to be the one to step forward and go God I want you to grow me I want you to prepare me I want you to mold me God Help me become who you created me to be for this world, not in this world, but for this world. Who I was created to be for this world, his devoted servant. I was created to be God's devoted servant, his helper. I am very much God's helper. Um, He asked me to do things and I know exactly how he wants them done. He, you know, it doesn't require him a lot of, you know, 
giving me specific details, I know how God wants certain things done now. We've just done so much together that I know how he is detailed and he likes his work to be done. So it feels good to sit here and know that I'm becoming what he created me to be. And it feels good to stand out and be a spiritually driven woman. There's nothing more fulfilling and satisfying that I've ever experienced in my life. No job, no money, no substance, no place in my life. I am so content, not even content. I'm so satisfied, deeply satisfied with what I am pursuing in God right now. What I've become out of pursuing God that I just, I'm going to shout it to the end of the world. And I want to reach every ear in this planet to let you know that this exists. And when this all first happened to me, nobody, not one single person, not one single thing online could explain what was happening to me. When I had my awakening to God, and he made his presence known and I was searching online and I was searching for searching in groups. I was searching in my friends, explaining openly and honestly what was going on. And I was so misguided that people started thinking I was crazy. So I know I'm not the only one who has had this happen or this is going to happen. When you awaken to God, it's such a huge thing. But when you awaken, it's also so easy to get sidetracked by society and what they believe to be true because it's wrong. So many people misguided me. And when it came down to the first person who ever gave me real, real, like, Bible truth was the jail pastor speaking right from the Bible. And I'm forever grateful, like, because of him, he placed me back on track again. I was so off a track, and he's like, "Mm." and it's like his words from the Bible took me and put me right on track in the Bible and kept me going. And then I could see clearly, I could see the path that God was laying out for me. So this verse, verses from Isaiah chapter 43 is absolutely beautiful because we are precious in God's eyes. We are precious in God's eyes because he hand molded each one of us. We are not a carbon copy. We are not factory made. We are not made on a conveyor belt to look the same. We are uniquely made separately. God makes us one at a time with a dream and a purpose and a blessing. He didn't put you on this earth to go, go ahead and suffer. But When we make poor choices, he can't help us when we don't allow him to come in and help us. He's got to step back and just wait for you to call on him. So, (sighs) engraved in his hands, you have to seek your creator to know what you're created for. You have to seek your creator to understand what real love is because he was the first person to touch you with his love and until you understand that 
you will never understand your purpose and you will never understand love and you will be always empty in your life. You will forever be seeking something inside that can't be fulfilled by human flesh desire. Just simply can't. And we try. I tried with alcohol. I tried with money. I tried with things. I had it all. And when I had it all, I was at my most emptiest. And now that I have, I have just the things I need. And really, it is the things I want. And I'm so happy that I could just cry thinking about it. I truly want this for everyone. I want this for you. I want this for your children. I want this for our future. Everybody deserves to feel what I feel and to have this relationship with God. So step forward and ask him, God, show me love. God, I'm in pain. Ask him for help. Don't wait like I did until you had nothing left. Because let me tell you, waiting until there's nothing left is, I mean, that was okay. But I wish somebody would have guided me sooner. I wish this style of education was out there when I was searching for God. And I couldn't find it. And the fact that I couldn't find it, now I'm creating it. Because... There are other people, you and others, who are going to come up searching for the way. And the only way to God is walking like Jesus and learning. So I love you guys. The challenge of the day. Think about something you've worked really hard and made with your hands. Think about that if you have children. If there's something that's so deeply embedded in you that you valued, Imagine how God feels creating us with his hands. And think, really get quiet and think about that searching. You're searching for a deep fulfillment that you haven't been able to feel. Ask God. There's the challenge. I was waiting for it to thank you, God. Thank you. I was waiting for it to come back to me, the challenge. Your challenge. Ask God with an open heart. Don't just ask him and be like, and don't believe. Okay, I see so many people go, but, and that stubbornness, that pride blocks God from touching you. You have to ask him with an open heart of receiving. Don't ask and be like, well, I'm just going to test it and see with this attitude, this, I don't believe, and I'm just going to see it. See, I'm right. Ha, ha, ha. Because see, that attitude and that pride will block God. God can't get in you when you're blocking him. That puts up a wall. He can't. You have to really sit back and go, you just have to let go and just open yourself up. Reveal that inner heart and go, God, touch me with your love. I'm ready to change. And you have to be ready to change. God's got to see in your heart you're ready to change. You can't just say it and then he does all this work and doesn't work that way. You have to you have to do the work to change your life. He'll show you the way, but you have to actually walk. Anyway, 
I love you guys. There's your challenge. I hope you have an amazing Tuesday. What a beautiful, beautiful day it is. Find a blessing today too. Just find something and give it to God. The more power we give him, the more power he has in our lives. And I really do pray for everybody. And I think about all of you that I want you to have this inner love and peace that, that only God and the Holy Spirit can bring. In your name I pray. Amen, God. Love you guys. God bless.